Hello and welcome to the World of Mouth podcast, where we share the stories of the world's best chefs and restaurateurs and their favorite destinations to travel and eat. My name is Kenneth Nars and I'm the creative director of World of Mouth, a platform that connects more than 600 restaurant experts who share their favorite restaurants, from the best place for a pizza slice, a taco or a hamburger, to the latest must-visit new fine dining restaurant opening. Today we're meeting Mitsuharu Tsumura, or Micha as everybody calls him, the chef at Maido in Lima, Peru. Of Japanese-Peruvian background, as a young student he moved to the United States where he graduated in culinary arts from university. Before returning to Peru, he lived in Osaka to specialize in Japanese cuisine. In the podcast, we will hear how Mitsuharu Tsumura's passion for Japanese and Peruvian cuisine led him to create Maido, a Japanese restaurant with a Peruvian heart. At Maido, he works with his team, creating new culinary trends where Japanese and Peruvian cuisines merge as the Nikkei cuisine. At the end of the podcast, he will reveal his favorite restaurant recommendations in Peru and the rest of the world. You'll also find these places in the World of Mouth app. Mitsuharu Micha Tsumura. Uh, please tell me who is uh, Micha Tsumura. Who is Micha Tsumura? Micha Tsumura is a Peruvian uh, human being um, uh, with a father who is from Japan, from Osaka. Uh, my mother is from, uh, from Peru, but her... Uh, Grandparents from, were from Tokyo, and uh, 42 years old, already opened a restaurant called Maido 14 years ago. The next year we're becoming 25 years. And I am passionate about hospitality and uh, cooking, basically. Uh, I'm showing my, my heritage and my essence and my, my uh, I would say, way of... Uh, not only cooking, but the way I see life uh, and the way I enjoy it uh, with uh, the things I do in, in, in my restaurants or in my kitchen. Okay, yeah. And you're based in, uh, in Lima, in Peru. Yes, I'm based in Lima, in Peru. Um, I've been here for, for a while already. You know, I was born in Peru. Uh, I look more Japanese, but I would say my... My heart and my soul are, are 100% Peruvian. I learned in Japan a lot of techniques, you know, how to cook, uh, you know, the fundamentals of Japanese cuisine. I went to the States also to, to study in college. Uh, but my goal was always to come back to, to Peru and uh, show um, with my work uh, what we are capable of uh, doing here with all the beautiful uh, ingredients, history and uh, heritage from other cultures. So basically um, Peru has been, went through a rough time during the eighties due to the terrorism, you know, uh, politics, etc., etc. And I was in school during those days. and uh, I always said, you know, I, I, and that happened to many Peruvians, I believe that we were dreaming of having a country where people would love to come um, and not only maybe uh, want to go away. 
that was happening in those uh, early, late 80s and mid-90s. Uh, people were going out of Peru more than coming to Peru. So uh, my dream was always to, to see Peru, uh, for people to see Peru as a country that they really want, want to visit one time in their life, at least, you know, uh, because not only of, because of the history we have here, but also, also for the food and the people, the beautiful people that we have in Peru. And now, right now, we are living just that moment. Uh, I think that after 15 years or almost 20 years of work, uh, Peru and Latin America are be ha have become already uh, a destination, not only for food, but know, for tourism uh, and for people to really understand how beautiful this part of the world is. So, I mean, one, one, uh, one of the many highlights during the last 15 years uh, for Peruvian gastronomy was, uh, was just uh, half a year ago in the summer when, when Central with uh, Virgilio Martinez uh, became number one on the 50 best list um, and then actually uh, you were there on stage as well. The whole team of, of, of Peruvian chefs were, were on stage in Valencia. Uh, can you describe that moment? Was that, how was it? That moment uh, probably was uh, one of the most, uh, I would say, uh, exciting and also... Uh, I would say uh, I don't find the word exactly, uh, but I would say uh, besides exciting, like uh, finally being able to 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 realize because you 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 can say anything about your kitchen about your country, you can believe that you are doing the things right, you know, but. Uh, Finally, we, 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 we really, I, I really felt, and I, feel, I, I believe that not only me, but uh, many people in the room that were really looking uh, forward to, uh, or looking for Central to really become number one because of the work they have done, because of, of, all, the, of, of all the investigation and uh, <clears throat> putting into value so many ingredients uh, uh, from Peru. That was the way of saying, yeah, as as I heard like 15 years ago, no, uh, oh, Peruvian food is gonna become a trend, uh, or it's a uh, it's a uh, how do you call this? It? It's uh, <clears throat> it's booming, but um, I don't like to. In Peru, we call it moda. You know, it's a uh, it's a trend at the moment, but sometimes trend trend changes, so so, so they don't last long. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Peruvia, it's a, it's a, okay. So I found the word. It's consolidating, basically. It's consolidating the whole work. You know, I, I mean, it's a, it was a moment that the world, not only Latin America, but that, but that the world said, uh, we as a world believe that the best restaurant in the world is in Peru and it's in Latin America. So it was a way of, uh, of. Um, uh, rounding up uh, all the work that has been done during all these years, and uh, and and uh, uh, 
feeling that people recognize that, you know, uh, that was very nice to to feel that that not only Latin Americans, Peruvians thought about Peruvian cuisine, but the world itself agreed with what we were doing here. So uh, I think it, it was a historical moment because it had never happened before. You know, all the only countries that had won was uh, were in Europe and in North America. That's it. You know, uh, not in Asia, um, not in South America. So uh, I I think that uh, not in Lat no 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 country in Latin America, not only South America. So it was uh, I think very good for Peru, but also for 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 the whole continent. You know, to have uh, achieved this uh, incredible uh, number one spot in the list. Yeah, and actually it was, it was truly not basically one restaurant celebrating that night. It was, it was a country and it was all the chefs, uh, the Peruvian chefs present, uh, who's had a joint celebration together on stage, uh, cheered by the whole culinary world, uh, who, who recognized your joy. Yes. Tell me, um, uh, I mean, your background, you, tell, you told a bit about your, your background. Uh, for someone, I mean, the, the, uh, the word that you mentioned, the concept, Nikkei QC in the culture, uh, for someone who wouldn't know that one, how would you boil it down? How, how would you define it and where would you draw the borders for Nikkei QC? Basically, it's, um, let's put it this way, um, a Japanese, uh, let's say, a Japanese man or a Japanese woman marries or has a kid with a Japanese, a Peruvian woman or man, it doesn't matter really. And the kid is born in Peru. So uh, it looks Japanese, but it behaves like Peruvian. Has all the Peruvian, uh, he talks Spanish, you know, he eats, he eats local food, he loves ají de gallina, he loves pollo la brasa, he loves uh, lomo saltado, he loves all the Peruvian dishes. And uh, if we want to put it in context, basically, Ligue Cuisine is that. It's a, it's a cuisine that it has a Japanese influence, but it's born in Peru, uh, to put it in a simple way. So to draw the borders, basically, Peruvian cuisine was, or Nikkei cuisine was originated, uh, I would say maybe 60 or 70 years ago. Uh, home cooking, you know, after the immigrants came in 1899. Uh, grandma, grandma's cuisine, basically, grandma's food. Then in turn, that houses started selling food to the people that came, came, you know, were walking by the streets in their houses. Uh, then the fondas came, where the Chinese also participated. Uh, but they were all doing Creole cuisine. Uh, most people think that Nikkei cuisine was born uh, with sushi and miso soup, but no, 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 that stuff didn't happen, you know. It's, uh, at that moment, nobody was gonna eat that in Peru. Pe Peruvians were eating Peruvian food. More, more, more according to the palate here. The yeah. Japanese real influence came later, you know, uh, around the 70s, 
when uh, when uh, Toshiro and Nobu came to Peru and started doing Japanese Peruvian cuisine. But the origins of Nikkei cuisine are basically the fundamentals of the Creole cuisine in Peru. So the, the food that we eat right now, like ceviche, tiraditos, takutakus, all of them have been influenced by Japanese cuisine. So uh, already Nikkei cuisine is not, it doesn't need to be seen like this. I don't like the word fusion. Actually, I don't use it because fusion many times is confusion. Uh, but it, it just merged, uh, it, it merged naturally with, uh, with uh, the, the, the Japanese uh, immigrants together with the Peruvian ingredients. So right now I would say that many people eat or were eating Nikkei cuisine until I, I published my book where I tell the story where Ferra, Ferran and Alberto Adria uh, together with Nobu wrote the foreword for my book where I tell the story how this started you know, how, because it's a long, long story. Yeah. But basically, but basically it's uh, it, it, uh, uh, Nikkei cuisine has shaped Peruvian cuisine. Not as Nikkei cuisine, but but they use and Chinese also the use of the wok, which is it, it, it's a it's a it's a no brainer right now. For I mean, there's no restaurant in Peru that doesn't use a, a wok, do, even though they do Peruvian cuisine because it's part of our culture. There's no restaurant in Peru that doesn't use soy sauce. No, there's no restaurant in Peru that is not doing any you know, Japanese, uh, uh, Japanese techniques in their, in their cuisine, in the Creole Peruvian traditional way of cooking. Yeah. Yeah. There is all, there is always, a, a, an Oriental element in the cuisine. So basically it's part of our lives. So right now what we are doing is not only Nikkei cuisine, we are doing our cuisine. Uh, at this moment, um, of course, Nikkei is go always going to be our essence. But right now, Maido, I think it's in a, in another ball game. Right now, we are doing our 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 uh, we're creating our world, our our language, our food, our experiences, uh, and innovating according to that. Tell me a few words about about your restaurant. Uh, Maido, how, how, and you said 14 years you've been having it. Um, how? Four, 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 two, 14, one, one, four, one, four. Yes, yes. 14, 14 years. Uh, uh -huh. Tell me, how did, uh -huh. how did the way to starting your own restaurant, how did that, how did that happen? Well, I was working for, uh, for hotels basically before, for Starwood. Um, and uh, actually, my dream always was to have a restaurant as everybody that becomes a chef. I used to be there at the hotel, the chef of the hotel, but um, things happen in life and uh, you gotta know when to take the opportunities. They offered me the position of food and beverage director um, because I, I already also studied that career. And uh, I said, why not? Because um, one of the persons that I really admire is my father. Uh, and he always told me, you know, um, you can cook, you can be a great chef, a great cook, but uh, 
having a restaurant is also, of course, it's a business. And uh, you have to make money with that, you know, with the restaurant. You have to survive with the restaurant. Uh, you don't have to have a restaurant that loses money, you know, to, to, to make another restaurant that makes money. You know, he doesn't believe, and I don't believe in that, in, in that format. You know, I, I believe that every unit of business has to be profitable. So uh, if not, I won't. Ma- if if not, I won't make it. I know there there are other business models that are not meant to be like that. You no, know, are meant to 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 have one restaurant that gives a name, you know, and becomes famous, and you open the other restaurant that makes the yeah. money. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. In, the, in our ca- in my case, I don't believe in that model. I believe that every single unit of business should be profitable. So basically, we open the restaurant. But I had to stop uh, working in the hotel because I was uh, proposed to become, uh, uh, stop being the, the, the food and beverage director for the hotel. And uh, I was offered the position of GM, general manager. And I was 27 years old at that time, 27, 28. So probably they told me that I was going to be the youngest uh, GM general manager of the world I could achieve that position before before becoming 30 yeah and uh, that's that's something that's not, not, not normal you know so uh, and of course they they told me about all the benefits uh, what it meant to, to to be a GM so so young uh, it was like a life they told me it was a, it was a, like a life insurance uh, but I didn't want a life insurance at that time. I was I was very young and I wanted to have a restaurant. So I spoke to my parents. My parents always, my father specifically, has always been um, very, very, very critical with what, what I do. Has a, he's the per- first person to to tell me what I'm doing wrong or what, what he thinks I, I should change. Okay. And I'm very grateful. And I'm very grateful for that. Because uh, if it was not for him, uh, he was he he, he he always tells me until now, I'm gonna be the one that always uh, I'm gonna be telling you what you what you are doing wrong. Everybody else maybe is gonna tell you what you are doing right, but I'm gonna be the one in charge to tell you what what you are doing wrong because you need that, and uh, it's a way of it's a way of improving, and I really appreciate that. So basically, he said. Uh, after uh, I worked for the hotel for about six years, uh, in Japan, like about two and a half years, um, at, at other hotel, like one or two years more. And uh, I, was, I was alone into the corporate world, basically. So, so he said, you know, uh, opening a restaurant is a whole different story. Yeah. So being an entrepreneur and being uh, part of part of, part of a corporation is totally different. You no, know, um, from the moment that you you open your restaurant, you're 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 on your own. Um, if you don't have the money to pay the the, the salaries, uh, basically you have to either ask for a loan or uh, I, I don't know, <laughs> get the money somewhere. It's not like a big corporation where you can just ask, you know, for the money and they will, they will wire it to you because it's a, it's a big company. So uh, we started small with Maido. Uh, I, 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 I said no to the, to the, to the, to, to my GM at that moment that, 
that was proposing me to, to, to become a GM in another hotel because I didn't see myself uh, um, as a GM during the, left, the rest of my life. Uh, and they were giving opportunities only for one person per hotel. So it was me for that, for, 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 for that position. But I said, I'm not gonna make them lose time training me into becoming a GM when I'm not, when I'm not sure for if I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it or not. So uh, once again, I talked to my father, he helped me I, with investment. I have some savings also. And we opened my in 2009, basically, and then we started. The, to make the story short, the four first, the first four years were very tough for people to understand a restaurant that was not actually Japanese nor Peruvian. Uh, and the word Nikkei was almost a word that didn't exist for, 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 for people in Lima. So we were doing something totally new. Um, so making a, a, a cuisine that uh, was inspired in, 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 in Peru, in Japan, I mean, in Peru, but with Japanese influences, with ingredients from the Andes, from the Amazon, was something, was something that never has been, have been done before in Peru. So at that time, the customers were much more conservative than now, basically. Now, right now, they are much more adventurous, but at that time, it was hard to, 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 to sit them and say, to tell them, let's do a tasting, just sit there and try the food. You tell me either you liked it or not afterwards, but try it. Yeah. Uh, it was hard. It was hard. They, they would say, no, no, I, 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 give, me, give me the menu, I will pick my food. So, uh, well, people change, uh, time changes, people change. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, after all these events, when that Gasona Curio started, like Mistura, you know, showing the local products, uh, making making uh, uh, visible the job of the of the farmers, of the fishermen, and uh, making local Peruvians proud of what we have in our soil, in our country. I believe that was very helpful for, for, for locals too. And not only for locals, but also for tourists, chefs, media, to be interested in Peru, come over here, you know, uh, and I start to talk about what was happening here in, in this country that started a revolution in Latin America, basically, uh, in making uh, the other countries like Argentina, Colombia, Brazil, Ecuador, all the countries, Mexico, start to also do the same thing that we were doing here, basically uh, revalorating, you know, their own culture, their own cuisine, because cuisine, food is culture. And, uh, and, and right now, I believe that that has uh, been spread all over Latin America and every country is working in their own uh, essence in, in showing what they are, um, in a, in gastronomy, you know, uh, showing 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 what they are as a country. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's why that's why I believe that Latin America is going through a through a through a good moment right now. In the next part of the podcast, we'll hear Mitsuharu Tsumura's favorite restaurant recommendations in Peru and in the rest of the world. Very good. Um, so you're, as you're based in, uh, let's talk a bit about other restaurants as well. 
uh, you're based in, in Lima, in Peru. Um, when you, uh, I mean, the, the restaurant scene in Lima, as you said, has gone through sort of an explosion this, uh, not only this half year, uh, when there's been big celebrations, but also during uh, more than, than 15, 20 years. Um, but when we, you go out uh, to eat in, in, uh, in your hometown, any, any favorites that you would, uh, would have on your, your favorite list there? Depends on the mood because we have a lot of options, but uh, I would say um, definitely for cevicherias, uh, uh, la mar, and uh, la picanteria. Okay, could two you? Two of my favorites. Could you describe them? What's what's how are they, and what's the difference between them? La mar is a typical uh, cevicheria. So I don't know if people. Uh, it's a seafood, fish and seafood restaurant. It's owned by Gasona Curio. Uh, they do also a lot of Nikkei style cooking. Um, basically, it's preparations of the whole coast of Peru, whatever they can fishermen find that day, and they would prepare to you either in, in, in ceviches, leche de tigre, causas, uh, pasta, grilled, you know, all the preparations you can imagine. Uh, uh, with uh, local flavors, of course. Um, yeah. It's a very, it's a very nice place to go for lunch. Most cevicherias open only for lunch. It's a huge place, you know, with good music, uh, where you can spend the whole afternoon, you know, having drinks and eating delicious food. Yeah. Um, La picanteria is more northern style fish and seafood. Uh, actually, the they call the northern coast of Peru is very well known for being uh, having a pre-Hispanic culture uh, of of very very advanced techniques of of eating fish and seafood. So uh, there's a chef called Hector Solis who has fiesta and la picanteria. La picanteria basically it is a place. Uh, it it's a, it's a, it's it's a style. Of restaurant that's along it, it's it's uh, you can have picanterias in Arequipa, in Chiclayo, in Piura. Basically, are very traditional places where you cook with wood, wood fire. You know, with where you where you don't use a blender, you use a stone to to grind the, you know, your preparation, your sauces. Yeah, it's 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 very traditional. Uh, you share tables sometimes. Uh, and you pick the, in this case you pick the fish you know they have all the fishes and you buy the fish you buy the whole fish and you let them know they would they would suggest you want half of this fish uh, ceviche and the other half you want like uh, chicharron or jalea or soup so so and uh, and now with and with the with the with the with the fish itself, with the head and the bones, they, 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 they could make also you know like an aguadito or a stock. So they would prepare the whole fish. Basically, that's the kind of style of cuisine that they do there, um, which is very interesting. But it's it's it's, it's, it's very very. Um, I would say, the way it's not popular, but it's very traditional. The way the way it's uh, decorated, it's 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 as you travel to the north of Peru and you went into a place 
uh, in Chiclay or in Pura, once you go inside, you don't feel you're in, you're in Lima. You feel you're, you, you are in, in, in that town. Okay. Uh, after, after that, I, I, I love to have, you know, well, I cannot mention all, but Chinese food in Peru is very strong, uh, basically the Chifa scene. So I love Titi. Titi for me is a restaurant that has more than 50 years. 50, maybe 60 years. Okay. Oh, since they opened, since they opened. Uh, and what would you eat there? It's a restaurant that, there basically, um, the best wontons in town, that's what they have. Uh, duck, pork belly, dim sum, uh, garlic, something so simple, which is my favorite dish is basically sauteed beef tenderloin with garlic, you know, and fermented soy. It's one of the most beautiful uh, uh, sweet and sour pork, which sounds simple, but they do it perfect. Okay. Uh, uh, some spicy noodles. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Yes, and... Uh, for that, besides that, well, I have uh, restaurants that I love, also from the north, like Pueblo Viejo. This is more cozy, more homemade, family cooking, uh, northern style cuisine. Um, I like a lot La, La Patarashquita, which is an Amazonic uh, modern restaurant uh, here in Lima. Um, if I want a steak, I go to El Charrua. For me, one of the best steakhouses, uh, if not, no, the best steakhouse in Peru. Okay. To have, to, 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 to have a steak. What, what, uh, what kind of steaks do, would you eat there? What, what cuts would you go for or a mix of them? Or? The, the skirt, the outside skirt, for sure, for sure, is the best. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yes. Everything is good, you know, river is good, Sheridan is good, but the outside skirt is, I mean, well, as we call the hill, Entraña. The, the Entraña is mind-blowing. I'm telling you, not, in, not only the typical Peruvian restaurants, you know, the way, the place that you that I would go to eat uh, for, because because I, I love them. So we have some Peruvian Creole. Uh, I like a lot Costanera 700, which is a Nike restaurant that also has like 60 years. Their their more the signature dish is chitarasal, which is basically a fish baked in salt, uh, with a with a gar with a ginger garlic sauce. Um, that restaurant is also iconic. Okay. Um, Rafael Rafael, which is a Mediterranean restaurant, which is very nice. Also, one local Peruvian favorite. Uh, well, and of course, I cannot stop to mention the pollo la brasa rotisserie, I would fire roasted whole chicken. Okay. Which okay. I uh, which which basically I either go to La Granja Azul, which was the pioneer, or to mine. I have a rotisserie chicken and restaurant chain, so yeah, it's one of my favorites also. And how is it pre prepared? Served with some sauce or just plain, or how, how is it served? It served uh, well. The way I do it, which is the way people people love it. Usually it's with French fries, salad. I I added rice and fried rice, and sauces. Of course, you at least have to have like six or seven sauces to eat that. Okay. Because actually sauces are, sauces are the main, the most people when they have to, when they go to eat chicken, 
they would they would judge you for your chicken for your fries but also and very important for the sauces you have that they are homemade that they are you know they would judge you a lot by because of uh, by your pepper uh, by your chili yeah, yeah. sauce if it's if it's if it's good enough not if don't, not if it's spicy or not uh, but the flavor because as you know in Peru we don't use many people think that Peruvian food is spicy Peruvian food is not spicy Peruvian food is based on on chili peppers but it's for flavor we we take out the the heat from them and and we keep the flavor of that so we have also developed a line of a, a whole industry of sauces. So the sauces, when we opened the, the, the rotisserie chicken restaurant, uh, we started to, for, for many years, uh, in my also people always say that the sauces I make, they love them. So uh, they say, when are you gonna sell them? So right now we are already selling my sauces in supermarket as the MT brand. Uh, it's going to go also the duty free of the airport. And so we, so we will export all around okay. the world, the buy basis, either, either, either to cook as condiments or to cook. So if you want to cook Peruvian food, you want, you don't have the basis, I will give it to you. Okay, great. So yeah. uh, we, we, we have all that story going on also. So that's already a good good list of great places in 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 in, in Peru. Uh, if you, uh, I mean, you obviously travel quite a bit as well. Uh, if you would have to pick uh, three or four places abroad among your favorites anywhere in the world, which which would they be? Can be like that is a hard question. Huh? <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, yes. Uh, I would say El Cano in Getaria. Yeah, uh, it's one. It's one of my, my my favorite places for sure. And what's um, what's that's for the grilled fish, obviously. Yeah, yeah, for the cocochas, you know, the rodaballo, um, and the way they serve it, you know, piece by piece, part by part, you know, so you understand the flavors and the textures of the different parts of the fish. Actually, I thought it's a very good friend. Um, I believe that uh, one place I I, I I I like a lot and um, it's uh, it's in South America um, and it's not only one it's maybe many but I I love I I love to go to to Buenos Aires you know to have nice sweetbreads uh, maybe Don Julio El Pobre Luis. Are, are restaurants that I and I, really, I really like to go uh, okay. here in, in Argentina. And Luis, how, um, how is that one? Could you describe, say a few words? Luis, uh, it's Don Julio, of course. Don Julio, you know Don Julio. Don yeah, Julio is yeah. famous, you know, uh, for the sweet bread, you know, for the... the, 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 the actually, the outside skirt is very good there also. And the whites, well, uh, I mean, maybe the best whites in Argentina. Yeah. And the other one is, is, is more like a popular grill, uh, but it's beautiful. It's called El Pobre Luis. Uh, it's a similar style, but I love both. Um, then I would say that um, uh, it's uh, Japan. Japan, but in Japan I have so many places. But if I have, I have to pick one that I would, that would go 
again and again and again. Uh, maybe I would say it's um, that is that, that is hard, huh? but, uh, but 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 I would say it's uh, for sushi. There is a place that I like a lot in in Osaka, which is a uh, sushi Nakatani. Yeah, not it's not so well known. It's a small place, six seats. Uh, it's in Namba, uh, and it's a uh, it's a beautiful place. It, it's uh, only three people working there, but it's amazing. Yeah, uh, and there and there's also a yakitori restaurant, but it's a chain. But there's a special branch in uh, in 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 Sakai Higashi, which is called Jidori. For me, the best yakitori, Jidori. It's a J I D O R I. Yeah. For skewers, um, and uh, I would say that uh, this is not a restaurant, but have, but having tacos. In Mexico, uh, during the night for me, maybe tacos de lengua, pastor, cochinita, birria, eh, barbacoa, I think is one of the best experiences also, you know, going to go to Mexico. Not for maybe a restaurant. I can, I can give you the names, but, but, uh, but go to Los Cocuyos, for example, you know, uh, or Los Parados. Which is the name of the places to have some tacos? I think it's amazing. Um, and uh, well, I think those restaurants. I I, I have a bunch more. You know, I, 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 of of course, you know, in Spain you have thousands of fine dining restaurants which are great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but but I will have to mention many of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I would I would say I would I would, I would say those restaurants are are one. It's a mix of maybe fine dining and also uh, and also uh, a little bit of street food, you know. Uh, last question for you, uh, Micha Tsumura, would be uh, if you could uh, pack your bags uh, uh, tonight or maybe in a few weeks um, and uh, travel anywhere. Uh, or maybe not even travel, but go to any restaurant in the world to have a meal uh, without any uh, work connections. Uh, which which place would that be? I think I would I would go for um, at this moment. Pack my bags. Uh, I would. I haven't. I have not been there, but I would love to go to Sushi Saito. Actually, in Tokyo, yeah. In Japan. In Tokyo, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It's very hard to get a place there. I mean, uh, uh, it's not impossible, but it's really hard. So, yes, you have the opportunity. I, have a, I will have the opportunity to go to to pack my bags and they tell me I have the spots. I will, I will definitely go to Sushi Saito. For okay, sure. okay. Very good. Okay. Uh, Michia Tsumura in Lima, Peru from Restaurant Maido. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you and hopefully you'll get to uh, Sushi Saito very soon uh, and uh, good luck with all your projects there in, in Lima. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Wall of Mouth podcast with Mitsuharu Tsumura, the chef at Maido in Lima, Peru. 
You'll find all of the recommendations mentioned in this episode and more in the World of Mouth app, available in your app store or visit our website at worldofmouth.app. I'm Kenneth Nars, until next week with a new podcast guest.